Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heavy metal. The way it was meant to be.
Ah, uh, where, oh, where is my blessed death reunion? I keep waiting and waiting. I'm hoping these guys strike while the iron is hot. I know most of them don't live in New Jersey anymore. They're kind of all over the place, but I would love to see that happen, man. What a great band. Blessed death with Knights of Old Bridge. Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem radio show. Tonight's a brand new show, but I pre-recorded this a few days uh, before you're hearing it because it's my lovely wife's birthday tonight, and we are away for the weekend celebrating. So sit back and enjoy the show. Like I said, it's brand new. My guest tonight, Leather Leone. Man, I love talking with Leather. We'll get that interview on in about 15 minutes or so. And Maxwell Carlisle was an amazing guitar player, and he's also playing in Hillian right now. So sit back, enjoy the music. We're going to keep it flowing. Right now, Scanner with Grapes of Fear. Every color I've all the blue ball It was the 
Okay, Megadeth, we the people. Uh, we had ex-Megadeth drummer Nick Menzer on, uh, I think about a month or two ago, and Nick is working on a few different things, just released his book, and now he's got this uh, Metal All-Stars uh, thing going on. A lot of people playing on this. Uh, right now, it's only over in Europe, so hopefully it'll bring it over here. Looks like a pretty good show, pretty good time, and they're raising money for you know uh, charity, so I don't know if... Uh, there's something about the auction and off uh, different things. I guess probably autographed items or drumsticks or who knows what the order. And then there's other stuff that they were giving out to us as experiences to so maybe get to go out to lunch with the guys in the band. Who knows what it is. But when you go to the show, you'll find out. But the money goes to Ride for the Dime. It's a good charity, a good cause. So it doesn't get any better than that. You get to see some classic heavy metal by some all-stars. Phil Ensemble was playing, uh, Nick Menza, obviously. Joey Belladonna, Zach Wilde, Udo Dirkschneider, Kronos from Venom, Max Cavalera from Sepultura and Soulfly, Ross the Boss, uh, Brian Fair. And there's a whole bunch of other guys on there. I mean, some of them I've heard of, some of them I haven't. But looks like a pretty good show. And I know they're going to be over in Bulgaria and Romania and Poland. And hopefully they'll bring it to the U.S., like I said. All right, we're going to keep the music going here. We're going to get that first interview with Leather Leone up in about 10 minutes or so. How about Bengal Tiger? I haven't played these guys on the show in like forever. Here's Breaking Bend.
right, right out of the Jeff Tate school of putting saxophone in heavy metal. That was actually Alice in Chains, uh, the grunge band. But this was before they became the grunge band. Uh, they were called Alice N, like the letter N, N Chains. And I came off their demo tape from God only knows when back in the 80s. I had put, that was one of the first demos I put up in the demolition segment uh, when I started the show about four and a half, five years ago, I put it up. And uh, some lady who knew the band uh, said the band don't even have that tape and they would love it. And I emailed it to them and the rest of the band. And then a week later, they ordered a takedown notice from the DCM made the pieces of shit that they are because <laughs> they don't want nobody hearing it. But that was Alice in Chains before they became grunge. Uh, the demo tape actually, I mean, there's two other songs on the tape that are just like that. That kind of sucks. And then again, I wasn't a fan of Alice in Chains even when they went grunge. I hated that scene completely. So I figured I'd get it on today because since I was playing Bengal Tiger and that was a little light in the loafers, I figured I'd give you two in a row like that. All right, we're going to get this into the Leatherly only going in a little bit. We'll play one more song. We'll go into something from the Sledge Leather Project, an album that I absolutely love. And uh, then we'll go right into the interview. So uh, how about Udo with Break the Rules? <laughs> Yeah. 
Legend Letter. What a great record. I'm waiting for the second one to come out. All right, like I said, I spoke with Leather this week. Let's hear what she had to say. Hello, Mike. Hey, Leather. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, God? Thanks for calling. How you been? I'm doing great, man. I, I tell you, it's good to see that you're busy. I always like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm pretty blessed. It's pretty cool. That's excellent, man. Plus, you know, you're from New York, too, so, I mean, you know, you got to give you a little slack there when, you, when you have a sound <laughs> time. <laughs> That's true. Got to, you know, I deal with Lindsay, too, from Skateboard. God, I miss all you guys. Um, good, good, good. I miss, I miss being there. I, today, you're better off where you are. It's freezing here today. It's like 30 degrees out over here. Dude, dude, no, it, it's, it's 30 here. It's 30 and sunny in freaking California. Really? Wow. We are, we've been freezing all week. It's going down to 28 at night. Oh, so it's no different. Are you even colder than No, anything? except it's sunny. Is it sunny in New York? Nah, not at all. It's gloomy and doomy. <laughs> I, I guess that's perfect heavy metal weather, too. It is. I love doom and gloom, yeah. I, I, I don't know how it all came about, but at like 23 years, there's a new chest. No, dude, it's only like five or six. No. Really? <laughs> yeah, no. God, I wish. No, no, I, I know. I don't know if someone would have told me last year. I'm sure we talked with the Sledge Letter record, right, you and I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have been like, no. No, I don't want to know. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it without David. No, no, I'm going to do it without him. Yeah. <laughs> and lo and behold. Wow. That's, that's incredible, man. I mean, it really has been a long time since you've worked together. It's been a long time. Um, 1990, uh, when was for those who dare? 91 and, or 1991, my solo record. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. That's a long time. I mean, you know, you both been keeping busy with stuff, but how did it come about that you guys decided? Because if you go back to the early days of the band, it just seemed like whenever the band wanted to record something, you recorded, put it out, did some shows, but it was never like a full-time thing it felt like back then, either back in the 80s. Well, no, because we've never, you know, we've never lived in the same place. The Chastain thing has always been in four corners of the world, which it continues to be. But, I mean, we did a lot of touring and stuff. We would record and tour um, every year. You know, we went around the country twice a year for six, seven years. Um, and, you know, I've been talking to, well, I'm, I'm kind of a social media late bloomer. God, I didn't get a computer probably just like 10 years ago. But Chastain would send me letters once in a while, and I'd continue, continue to get my little royalty checks from him. And then when I did the Sledge Leather project, we uh, talked to him a lot. I used him as a mentor about a lot of things. And then just through us talking and kind of reconnecting, and he said, you know, I, I had this material I've been writing. I was thinking about doing another Chastain record, but I want you to do it. And initially, I was like, eh, no thanks. Yeah. And then, then I just, like I said, after I did the sledge letter thing and I got a taste of it again, and I was just like, you know, maybe you're right, because people like you, I mean, people have been incredible. People have been asking for it. I mean, like you said, I've been gone a long time, and I mean, Chastain was still getting calls for us to go play in Mexico, and I mean, it was incredible. It really is. I think you heard the sledge weather record and said, holy shit, there's something good going on there. Let me grab a hold of her before I call Kay French. So I think you got you first. <laughs> Yeah. Well, him and Katie, God, I always call her Katie. I don't know why. What they, uh, I think they played three shows in '95, and then they, they. I mean, she's in Vainglory. Yeah, they don't. They're, they're in touch all the time too. But I don't think they, they had never planned on doing any more Chastain anyway. It wasn't Chastain without you in the band to begin with. I mean, you go back. To well, you know what? I, I've been talking to to a lot of people about that today. I, I honestly have just recently listened to her with him. I never did, but I was glad to see. The, the, the music had totally changed. I was like, oh, wow, yeah. are they just going to do it? The music was totally different, which, you know, I was glad to hear. It was a different, but, you know, when, when you hooked up with, with uh, Chastain in the beginning, was it because of Mike Vaughn? Because first I heard that 
you know, he kind of wanted to get you into a band to kind of showcase what you were doing at the time. And then I heard that, you know, they were really looking to push Chastain with his music, because, you know, he's an amazing guitar player. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly how it came to be. For some reason, Chastain, um, I think he had heard the demo that Barney had had of, um, actually, it was a friend of mine, Jennifer, was singing. She was like an R&B singer or something. He, I don't know why, especially back in that day, he was interested in doing a female front. I think it was probably because of, the, you know, the notes that he wrote in. And Barney said, you know, I got someone for you. So he sent, um, back in the day, remember, we do we would do four tracks in a bedroom. Yeah. Justine sent Mystery of Illusion and Winds of Change, and I think maybe Endlessly, and I laid it down and sent it to him, and that was it. But it was all through Michael Varney, yeah. Oh, that's, you know, I, I mean, the new record, I mean, if you guys had stood together all these years, I think this album is exactly where you would be at in 2013. You think so? That's cool. That's yeah, because, hear, yeah. you know, your voice and his guitar are what made the band. It, it gave it its defining sound. And you hear it today, but yet it's not all the data. It's brand new. It just sounds like where the band would have evolved over like the next 20 years, and that's incredible. Cool. I, I was really worried about that, wondering what people were, were thinking, because, I mean, people, that's kind of what they expected to hear, but, because, you know, Chastain writes all kinds of stuff, and there was a lot of music he was sending me that I really, really dug, but you'd go, you know what, that's like what Leather would do on her own. It's not Chastain, so I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, I think some of it's t- totally classical. I mean, stand and fight when you open with, you know, it's like back in 1991. Yeah, yeah. Evil Awakens is my favorite tune on the record. I mean, that's the one I've been playing all the time again. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. And also, Stan, I mean, the drummer modernized the sound is what it is. When I heard this guy, oh, my God, I never heard his final tracks until I was in the studio cutting my vocals. I never really heard, because he had recorded drums on songs that we didn't choose. And, man, when I heard him, I was, God, I was so inspired. That kid is sick. Yeah. Well, you know, with the technology today, you can't be all over the world and put a whole band together and record everything, and it sounds beautiful. And you guys yeah. are kind of doing that. I mean, like you said, you guys weren't together, like, in the same area. <laughs> That's right. That's But you were doing it before all the technology was available yeah. to make it easier. Yeah. I know. I was just talking to someone. Mr. Evolution and Rule Over the Wasteland were done in the old-fashioned way. We were all up at Prairie Sun. We were all together living up there and blah, blah. But then... You know, everything. But then again, Chastain was usually always centered in the eastern part of the country. So it, it was. I was really the only one that always had to go back and forth. Everyone is pretty much centered around David. Um, and now it's the same thing. It's me, and then, of course, Stian just flies back and forth from Norway. No, I'm only kidding. But, yeah, we, we've always done that. We've never lived in the same town. Do you like it better this way, the, the recording today, where you can be where you want and kind of like, you know, have no. nothing going on? No. no I miss those days. I miss those days of just hanging out and, and being in the studio and, you know, eating potato chips and somebody calling. You know, I really, really miss that tribal sense that you had very much. Do you think it, it, do you think it affects the band, like, in the end with sound? Well, I know you're going to put out the best product you can, so it doesn't really No, happen. I don't think it does, because we, oh, my God, David and I have been writing this stuff for so long no, and he'd been working with Stan. I mean, it's all like a continuation of working with people. I mean, Stan's done a lot of work for him. You know, Mike's done. So, no, it was still, I think, uh, I think once you connect in the music, you connect in the music, and, and we've just done that. David and I in the studio, it was, you know, the same old, I'm sure she would tell you, aggravating, egotistical leather. I mean, it was the same. So, no, we we just really feel this music. Um, yeah. You know, it's. It's certainly a certain type of music, you know. It's not for everybody, but it's just what comes out of us. So, no, I don't, I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, you know, like when you're together in the studio, the whole band, you can always, like, say, you know, I'm, that's not sounding right, let's change, let's fix this. You can still do it today, but you, you kind of got to go back and forth where at least right. in the studio, 
you could kind of hash it out with everybody there. And right. Get to, but like you said, but my friend, stuff. nobody wants to spend those, that money any longer to be in yeah. the studio for days. <laughs> Maybe just Metallica, but yeah, no, nobody wants to that. <laughs> as, as Justin would say, it's not financially viable. That's sure. a new term. <laughs> It's true, and it's a different world. To, I mean, when you yeah, guys are in the studio, who is a bigger prima donna, you or David? Oh, my God, David's not a prima donna at all. Oh, no. God, no, 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 no. It's always been me. And <laughs> and I, I back in the day, I was really green. So back in the day, it was just out of me being, you know, frustrated because you're, you don't really know what you're doing. And I would say by the time, basically Voice of the Cult. I can remember when we started working on Voice of the Cult, I was like, I, I'm okay now. I've done it enough. I have enough sense of what I'm doing, um, but I've always been the prima donna. And, again, it's all ego-related. You can't hit a note, you start throwing stuff. I mean, it, you know, it's just the way it goes. I'm pretty intense and pretty flighty, and it doesn't matter what I do. I'm always bitching and moaning about something. And, you know, <laughs> Justin just turns off the sound, lets me do it, and then he'll be, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's an intense thing. Recording music is an intense thing. Sure. You know, people forget that this is an art form. I mean, you know, you're expressing yourself, whether it's through a guitar, your yeah. voice. And how can you yeah. just be robotic and just like, you know, you know, put something out there? It's not, it's, yeah. it's not natural. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty. And, and, I, and I, was, I was actually really, really nervous about recording with him again. I think maybe that's why I turned him down initially because I was like, God, I don't know if I'm good enough anymore to go in a studio with Chastain. You know, the sludge leather thing was just, you know, us, and it was really kicked back, and it was more just really straight ahead, and the keys were different. So I was really nervous until I was in there with him for five minutes, and then I was fine. But, you know, he expects a lot from you. He's he's a pro, so you're yeah. going to do it properly or you aren't going to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the album is amazing. and yeah. I, Thank I'm, you. I'm so glad that it's out, and I love it, and I can play it all the time now. It's something to add to my collection. But I would love to see you guys live. I know that's just not viable. It's probably not going to happen. I mean, maybe one off or something, but a tour, is it possible? Yeah, and you know what? I must tell you, we are getting offered slots. He, he doesn't want to leave the country. We've been offered some festival slots, um, and it's never been a priority of his. And, yeah, it's about financial stuff right yeah. now. Um, a term that I'm putting all over in the press, it's my term for the year. It takes a lot for Chastain to leave his castle. But I know we'll do some one-offs in the Ohio area. He's talking to people now. And, I mean, that was the genesis of Chastain, you know, the yeah. Bogarts, Annie. So I'm hoping something will happen. And as I say to all of you, it depends on how well surrendered and no one does. You know, I was having an argument, and I say that very loosely. I'm obviously emailing him saying, damn you, the bus is here. Get the bus here, you know. <laughs> and, he, and he said to me, hey, when somebody calls us with the right show, opening up for the right band, with the right finances, I'm there. But, you know, I understand. He's like, I'm not going to play clubs for a few hundred people anymore. I mean, he lost a lot of money back in the day, and he's not interested in doing that any longer. So, by the record, my friends, get me out there. Exactly. That's, I, I say that all the time. I mean, the records today are cheaper than they were back in the 80s. Sure, yeah. Cheaper today than they were back in the 80s. People should be going out and buying albums again. Otherwise, we're not going to get – and I, I completely understand that. I mean, there's no sense in you guys taking money out of your own pocket to go play lucky people. Right. It's, it's, and, you know, he – you know, my keys to protect me from all that. I just thought we were, woo, just out on the road and everybody. It was just, we were just so good. I mean, he said that he lost thousands. Every year that we went out, he just lost thousands of dollars out of his own pocket, and I had no idea. Yeah. You know, I was in La La Land. It was like, woo, we're in a big band, and, and those days were over for him, but – I'll get him out there. Like I said, we'll do, we'll do something back there. And we obviously did really well in New York, too, so we'll see. Oh, that, God, that would be fantastic. And, but I know you went over with Sandy with Sledge Leather last year to the to uh, the, the Kid festival. festival. Oh, my God, it was sick. Crazy, right? Those people, oh, my God. It was in a um, 
I think there were about 3,500 people there. I was walking this huge gymnasium. Oh, my God, dude, there was no air. It was so hot. And I, and again, I don't really get nervous. But, you know, we had kind of done a meet and greet before. And, I mean, yeah. talk, I mean there, were, there were kids from 12 to 60. I mean, there were so many different ages there. And right be, we opened it through the wasteland. And just before I, I went on, they started the music. And I was just back there going, oh, my God, what, the, what did I do? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I went out there. Those people were phenomenal. Um, they sang the Chastain stuff. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Now, we played a show in Switzerland somewhere with Vicious Rumors, but I would love to go back there. But, again, it's about being financially viable. But those people are crazy over there in a good way. Well, I'm hoping that we get a new uh, Sledge Leather record soon, too, because the last one was phenomenal. We talked about it when you yeah, were last one. Yeah, thank you. You know, and, again, I mean, we did it ourselves. So we're, you know, all the feelers are out there. And, you know, it, it's kind of... If, you know, if you aren't on the with the machine behind you, which many people aren't anymore, it's hard. It's really hard. Even people that do have the machine behind them, it's hard these days. Sure. Anybody can make records, so it's not easy. Did you ever try one of those campaigns I have now, like Indiegogo and uh, we actually we actually did do Kickstarter. Sledge Loaders did a Kickstarter last year. It was a it was a total failure. I didn't even but I know um, I know that the woman from I know Sound of Thunder. That woman cleans up. I don't know if it's Kickstarter that she uses. I think her name is Nina. She cleans up. She gets video money. She gets door money. So wow. some people do really well. For some reason, we did not. I didn't even hear about it. I got to be honest with you. If I heard about it, I would have put some money into it. I didn't even know. Yeah, and again, yeah, and again, we're doing it. We were doing it all ourselves. But yeah, we did a really big campaign. Um, but then again, I don't know what really big means. But we had so much fun putting it together. But yeah, it was a big failure. <laughs> I just kept calling Sandy, going, "Can you take that down? <laughs> take it down." <laughs> But a lot of people do use it. A lot of people do use it, and they're successful. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get like, you know, messages of calls and emails every day. We need money for a van. We need money for guitar strings. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. damn, I, I mean, this is, everybody's raising money for something on that. Like, this is incredible. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I, know. I, I don't know if it's the way of the future because, you know. Well, I, I think what? it is. I, I don't know. And I was actually kind of embarrassed about it. But then again, when I talk to these bands that do really, really well, they're like, just do it. You're only giving back to the people anyway. But I don't know. I, I play Lotto every night. I'm still holding on to the Lotto dream. <laughs> the Lotto dream in that Sabbath is going to call me and go, damn it, leather, come on. We yeah. have a slot for you, you know. You might get that shot pretty soon because the last time I saw him on stage, he can barely remember two words. So you, you get oh, closer. No. Have, you, have you seen the new tour at all? I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it in person. You know, just the videos yeah. of it. They're coming right. out to Brooklyn uh, in March. I'll be there yeah. for that one. But uh, I mean, God bless him. I can't believe he's still alive. I think they just prop him up on stage. <laughs> I mean, I love him. You know, I love him. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a Black Sabbath fan from the very early. Oh my days. God! Oh, me too. Absolutely. And I, and I love it. But you know, I'm still. Even though people say I'm crazy, I'm still such a Dio era fan of Sabbath oh, yeah. more than Ozzy. I, I know it sounds crazy, but no, 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 no. I'm with you. Well, Ozzy was the originator. I called Ozzy definitely the prince, but then the king came in. I mean, I, yeah. I'm with you totally. <laughs> That's the way I felt it. I was like, you know, if Ronnie didn't pass away all those years ago, we would have had more of those heaven and hell oh, records. Oh my god! I mean, the devil, you know. I just, I just can't get in with it. Oh god! I know. I miss him so much. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, you know, besides, you know, the Chastain record and. Hopefully, new sledge leather next year because we still got the old one that are keeping us entertained. I heard you've been uh, pounding around with my girl over there, uh, Veronica Freeman. Are you working? My with girl, V. Yeah, I have Best. been. I think I've been talking to Veronica maybe now. I want to say a couple years, but I'm really bad with time. But um, um, I don't even remember who hooked us up. But um, yeah, I did a, um, a song on her solo record, which is coming out next year. I mean, we're dangerous together. I love the V. 
we have so much fun. Oh, my God, I just love her. We, we've got to do a tour. We've got to be on a bus together taking over. And we're talking about some stuff. Again, I don't know what's going to happen, but I adore her. She is a powerhouse. I mean, she runs that band. Yeah. She writes that. St- yeah, I-, I love Veronica. Shout out to her forever. But I think that you might be saying something with us together next year. Yeah, she was telling me, but I don't want to say nothing. You know, we'll wait till yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. time comes. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, she is great. I didn't hear the two of you together yet. She was supposed to send me some stuff, but I didn't, I didn't get it yet. And I'm dying to hear Well, her and I, her and I together hanging out at her house in the studio was just like wine and craziness. I mean, we, <laughs> of course, we would work first, but yeah, I adore her. I'm really, really glad to have a, you know, a female vocalist or just another metal vocalist as, as a comrade. We have a really good time together. That's good. Uh, you know, you say female vocalist. Today, it seems like there is no distinction. To me, metal or rock, no matter what it is, good music is good music. I don't care who's performing it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because back in the day... It was, uh, I still even hear so much of it, but it's like, if you're a singer, you're a singer. But people can't help it. Women don't keep their damn clothes on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I respect Doro. I mean, Doro has just always been naturally beautiful. She can put a bag in her head. She doesn't really do the sex thing. But all these women keep your clothes on, you know? So it's kind of, you know, I mean, you're throwing it in their face. They can't help to do the, the girl-boy thing. But that's always really bothered me, and I'm glad to hear you say that. You're a singer. I don't care what you are. Yeah, you're a singer. Exactly. Well, I, I didn't say don't take your clothes off. I'm okay with that. But I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I am too, but not a yeah, I have a lot of young singers that come, you know, that talk to me and stuff, and they say, what's your advice? I'm like, oh, just keep your shirt on. <laughs> Wear a pair of pants. No, you're right. Yeah. But, you know, that's my gig. You know, I, you know, Madonna's Madonna because she's a sexual being. I mean, you know, I, I, back in the day, I used to why can't there just be a female Hetfield? Why can't you just wear jeans and sneakers and go out on stage and blow? Why do you have to do that? You know, and that was a big problem I had after Chastain. When I was trying to get other gigs, that's what people wanted me to do and said that was my problem, that I wasn't sexual enough. I got that all through the 80s, all wow. through the 80s. And I was like, well, blow me and I'll see you later. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't get it because, like, I'll speak to a lot of the female fronted bands to all the all-female bands, and they're like, we don't experience that. That doesn't happen to us. I'm like, that's because people that came before you, like you, Leather, and other people, they, yeah. they dealt with that. And I, you know, I remember as a kid yeah. going to a show, I didn't care who was on the stage, man. If they were rocking that stage and I was right there with that's them, right. that's what really yeah. mattered to me. I never looked, oh, that's a girl singing. Yeah. I can't be good. I know. I'm so happy there's so many uh, women out there that are doing it. I'm so happy. I mean, you put on the radio and, you know, have the rock singer. I'm, I'm so happy. And I forget. I mean, I forget people are talking about that. And, of course, back in our day, there was no Internet. I mean, who was it? Me, Doro, Debbie Gunn, Dawn, um, uh, Anne Boyleen. I mean, we. Well, how did you learn about each other? You picked up a magazine one day, and there you were. Oh, hi. I mean, you know, it was just a different thing. So I'm so glad for all of them. It is. I mean, like, you know, when you look at it today, women are kind of running the music business as far as, like, yeah. the band's going to stay. They predominantly are the yeah. bulk of the bands, and I think it's a great Yeah, certainly, certainly in, the, in the pop rock world. Oh, even in country. Oh, yeah, they, they really are. Country, they really are. yeah. Yeah, yep. but you know, you guys are still holding the flicks of heavy metal. I mean, you Dora, I Thank love you. talking to Dora because when you listen to Dora live on stage, she sounds like she's in the Nazi SS. But then when you talk to her in person, she's the most oh, I know. Well, I, 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 I know. I, that's so funny that you said that because I never wanted to say this. I burned into her over the years, and I saw her uh, in the spring or something. She was here in the city, and she was actually really, really sick. Um, so she really couldn't talk that much. But, you, well, she's German, so they do have that type of thing. And then, you, then she talked to her, and she's like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's she's not, yes, that's, I, uh, yeah, she's, 
she's, and again, as I tell her, she's lucky. She's obviously had the machine behind her, but you know what? She's done, she's done me really proud. I mean, she's talented and she keeps her clothes on. And like I said, she's so hot anyway, you could put feathers all over her head. It <laughs> wouldn't matter. And I also forgot how short she was. Everyone tells me how short I am. She was like up to my shoulders. And I'm like, Dora, what, what happened to you? Yeah. It's amazing how you little petite women have these powerhouse voices. It's incredible. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, a lot of singers too. I mean, Ronnie was tiny. You know, I thought that Helford was huge. He's really not that big. I yeah. Mean, you know. For, yeah, I'm so glad to be back. I'm glad you like the record. You said what was your favorite Evil Awaits Us? You like? Oh, I love Evil Awaits Us and, and Bleach Rumi. That's another great one. Rise Up. I mean, the whole album is good, but they're always yeah. that you kind of. Thank you so much. That's great. And when you play, you're like, I wonder if the band feels the same about it. Because a lot of times the band's like, well, that was a throwaway song, or I'm not really crazy about that one. And maybe Leather liked that more than I did. And But, you know. Well, after you, I can't even really listen to it now. I, I, you know, I, you just hear things that you want to redo. So it's really hard. I like still hearing it on the radio because I like to hear, you know, how the, how the compression and everything is. But it is really, it's hard to listen to yourself. You, years later, I can listen to it, but I really don't listen to it. That's good to know. <laughs> no, but I, I know you're you know, I got, I got to move on to other stuff, but uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate you calling. And Hey, Leather, when you get to New York, you know, we've got to hook up. Hey, is, uh, is, is Lemoore still there, Lemoore's? No, nah, they closed a long time ago. One really? Of, what, where do people play there now? And, and uh, believe it or not, Brooklyn is still a hot, hot, like the Williamsburg, Greenpoint area down towards the really? Brooklyn Bridge. The hottest area for heavy metal and rock. There are about a dozen clubs over there that are packing them in every night. I mean, I was looking really? At the yeah. And just all of a sudden, the neighborhood was gentrified. And yeah. <laughs> it's just a... It's incredible over there now. The St. Vitus Bar is like the hottest place in uh, Brooklyn to go play right now. Packed every time. Wow. That's so. great. Because, you know, like I said, I'm, uh, it depends on how well the record does um, for Chastain to leave the, the cave. But but I'm working. I, like I said, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be out there doing something. But, you know, buy that record, my friends. You don't even buy records anymore. I'm sorry. What, you download it on iTunes? I don't know. Yeah, they still die by them, but they still download them, other people. But just yeah. get and pay for it. That's all that matters. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, um, it's great talking to you like always. I'm not going to keep – I know you got a whole day of these going on, so uh, I'll let you catch a butt for the next one. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, let Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
Dane, brand new. Wow, I tell you, Evil Awaits. Leslie Only's voice is so much deeper and richer today. Not that she, she didn't have a great voice to begin. She always did, but I just love the way it sounds now. Oh, man, great new record. Surrender to No One. It's out right now. Go grab yourself a copy of Like she was saying, that's the only way you're going to get to see these guys live. David Chastain is losing too much money. we got to help him out over here. So go buy the album. Maybe we'll get them out on the road. All right, we have Maxwell Carlisle. That's what I did uh, last week with Maxwell. We'll get that on in about a half hour. Going to play a few more tunes. Mr. Ken Pierce has the concert calendar update for next week, and it's kind of hard to talk about news that's going on because most of it hasn't happened yet this week because we're recording this a few days before the actual uh, live show. But we'll get on a lot of music today because we don't get to do that too often around here between all the chit-chat and the interviews. So we'll take advantage of the opportunity and get on all the tunes we can. Slayer, final command.
of the Windy City. That was Enforcer with Fate Worse Than Death. You know, the band uh, put out a couple of demo tapes back in the day, but a few years ago, uh, some company, I think it was Stonespell actually, put out an album, uh, uh, classic Chicago metal. And uh, Stonespell is great because they dig up a lot of bands and release their demos. And I know there's a few more coming out on the label right now. They were talking with uh, Tommy about his old band Tempest, so I'm hoping that something comes out of that. It'd be great. To see those songs get out there for everybody to hear. But uh, off the classic Chicago metal, Fate Worse Than Death, that was actually a rehearsal track. Besides the demo songs, it's one of a whole bunch of tunes that were recorded during some of the rehearsals. So it was pretty cool. I know it was an instrumental, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? All right. Let's get Kenny on right now. He has all the information of what's going on in the New York City area for this week. Kenny, what's happening, my friend? Oh, Mike, Mike I'm, I'm telling you. It, it feels like I just hung up the phone right now. I'm telling you right now, it feels like I literally just hung up the phone from talking to you guys last week because the, the, the previous week that we had just blew by me like a rocket ship. And you know what? I'm not even going to wax any poetic and, and crazy verse. I'm just going to get down to the nitty-gritty because I know you have a very busy pre-recorded show to uh, to play for the listeners, and I'm telling you, it sounds like I'm talking to you live right now. I mean, you sound absolutely live to me, and that's fantastic. And I hope I sound live to you. Anyway, here's what's going on this week. you got the great Billy Gibbons, who everybody knows from ZZ Top, and he will be playing over at the B.B. King Blues Club with a, with a he's calling it a and friends night. And uh, two of his friends are Anton Fig and Will Lee. Great musicians, so you know you want to be a part of that particular little bit of rock and roll fun. Wednesday, let's get over to St. Vitus Bar for Every Time I Die. That is going to be a sick show because those guys always pack a room and it's, uh, it's really going to be chaos at St. Vitus Bar. So good luck, Greenpoint. Wednesday, uh, Thursday night is Patty Smythe and Scandal. Remember those guys? And they, I, it, it's new wave-ish kind of stuff. But I had a – oh, I was so, so enamored with Patty Smith when I was a, younger. She was so pretty. It's like, oh, my God, she's so good. Anyway, uh, but she's going to bring that band over to, to Gramercy Theater, and maybe I'll even go and I'll just uh, help them sing along too. Goodbye to you. You know you want to hear me sing that with you, uh, with that mic, don't you? So – I'm uh, kidding. So Friday, Friday, you got the mighty Trans-Siberian Orchestra. They are doing their winter tour again. And um, for those who don't know, this is the final year that the band uh, is, is doing the Lost Christmas Eve show. Um, so if you don't want to miss that, you don't want to miss this tour. They will be at Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, and it's uh, not going to have a two-show night. It's, it's only going to be the 8 p.m. show. So if you want to catch them in Long Island, that is the one to uh, attend, okay? God Street Wine is going to bring their great jam rock to the Gramercy Theater for two nights. Uh, Friday and Saturday, celebrating their 25th anniversary. So happy anniversary to God Street Wine, um, it, you know, and to all their fans. What a what a great uh, uh, milestone to reach, huh? Uh, the guys in Cycle of Pain are over at Tammany Hall, and that is down in the Lower East Side. Good club, been there a number of times. So make sure you get there if you like the uh, Cycle of Pain stuff. Saturday evening is Gore Guts over at St. Vitus Bar. You don't want to miss Gore Guts because they are just destruction. And uh, they're going to have Origin with them for good measure. So that is going to 
definitely be a bone-breaking show at uh, at, at Greenpoint. Uh, the Dirty Pearls are over at Irving Plaza, and you know that that is a good time. This is pure New York City rock and roll, and they are bringing along um, Marco with Love, Ten Ton Mojo, The Bone Chimes, and a special guest DJ, uh, Ian L. Dorado. And that, my friends, is all I have for you for this beautiful week of the 15th and on. And I'm telling you, Santa is coming. He's closer than ever. I might have to hook up that, uh, that GPS on the phone to see what his flight is like. I will talk to you guys next week. And remember, as always, please follow Piercing Metal on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And until that time, I will see you next week, my friends. Bye. All right, Kenny, you take care, buddy. And I have to tell you, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a big Scandal fan back in the 80s, mostly because of Patty Smith. I was just in love with her back then. Plus, the girl I was going out with, who was like my first girlfriend back then, used to dress like that with the hair like she had in the Warrior video. And you know, it was the first time I kind of got a little something-something. So, uh, yes, I am a big Scandal fan. I'm a big fan of having sex for the first time as a teenager. But if it happened because of Scandal, I'll take it. All right, well, next up, let's do our demolition segment. We only have one more left uh, next week, and then we're going to wrap up, wrap up the series as well as the Metal Matinee Bootleg uh, series. So head over to the blog spot and download yourself a copy of the demos and the uh, live bootlegs that are up there. Uh, this week, it's the band Circus Circus, or Circus. Uh, it was Blackie Lawless's band uh, before Wasp. Uh, actually, this is a song that later on became a Wasp tune. So it's up there right now. It's a three-song demo. Grab it. Here's Love Machine.
All right, Merciful Fate with Desecration of Souls, and right before that, Sodom with Invoking the Demons. I came off the band's last record from this year in 2013. All right, I lost complete track of time here. We've got to get this interview with Maxwell Carlyle on. I don't even think I'm going to have enough time to play any of his music. I, I really ran late today. Uh, that's what happens when you pre-record something. You just get into the music and you forget. All right, but I want to remind everybody, this Thursday in the middle matinee, we kick off the holiday season with our Merry Metal Christmas Extravaganza. So don't forget to tune in at 12 p.m. EST for all that great heavy metal Christmas music. I think I dug up a whole bunch of new stuff for this year. Every year I try to come up with one or two new tunes that are out there, stuff that's really old that nobody remembers. Because let's face it, every metal show that does a Christmas theme plays Merciful, plays uh, King Diamonds, No Presents for Christmas, uh, the stuff off that Christmas album with Dokken and the rest of them. So, you know, I'm trying to do something different every year, and I think I came up with a couple of pretty cool tunes. So don't forget to tune in this Thursday at 12 p.m. EST. And uh, next Sunday night, I know we have Prophet from the band St. Madness on, and we're supposed to have John Schaefer on from Ice Earth next Sunday night, but uh, it's too early for me to find out. I won't get a confirmation until this Tuesday, because like I said, this was pre-recorded a few days before Sunday. So hopefully it will be John Schaefer. If not, we'll get him on in the beginning of the new year. Uh, we've been trying for a while to work around a schedule to get him on live, so... We'll see what happens, but it should be John Schaefer and Prophet from St. Madness. All right, let's get this interview going with Maxwell Carlisle. Now, Max, if you don't know, he's an amazing shred guitar player. He has a whole bunch of records out on his own, but he's also hooked up with Ann Bolin, and he's now with Helion, and uh, they are working on um, some new material. So there's a lot going on, and I'm hoping that <laughs> I leave enough time after this interview to play some of his music. But if I, it does happen and I can't get it on, I will do it next week. Maybe I should stop talking and just play the interview, right? All right, there you go. I spoke with Max this week. Here's what he had to say. Hey, Max, how are you? This is Mike. Hey, good. How about you, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing today? Not bad. Hey, I'm glad to have you on here. You know, we tried hooking up before, so I'm glad that we got, got it going this time. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, hey, look, this has been a great year for you when you kind of look back on it. I mean, you know, you got the Full Metal Thunder EP out. You hooked up with Helion. And I know you were in Nashville, I think, about a week or two ago doing a couple of shows. So 2013 wasn't so bad, huh? Yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a great year. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked, obviously, for, for the coming year, too. You know, there's some really big stuff in the works, especially with Helion. But, uh, yeah, 2013 has been a big, uh, you know, big step up for me. That's good, man. And how did everything go in Nashville? Did you go over there doing your solo stuff? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was with, with my solo band. It was great, man. I mean, I'd never, um, I'd never been to Nashville before, and always heard good things about it. And everybody was super friendly, and you know, the other bands that we played with over there were just, you know, very, you know, very welcoming, and and everybody was really stoked to have us over there. So it was a, it was a great trip. Yeah. You know, Nashville has a reputation as being like the country capital of music, but people don't realize there's a real thriving rock and metal scene uh, over in yeah. Nashville. So, I mean, it takes people by surprise when they hear that, but it's pretty good, right? Yeah, no, it was it was totally legit. And uh, the bands that we played with over there, I mean, obviously they were all metal bands, and some of the stuff was was really heavy. You know, I was I was surprised myself. You know, it was great. Big difference from L.A., right? <laughs> <laughs> how's, yeah. how's the scene in yeah. L.A. today? I mean, originally, you come from Washington, and, I mean, you know, you go back to the 80s when metal was first coming up. You, you had Queensryche and Metal Church and Taste of Vine and Enemy and all these great bands out of that area. Then, you know, the 90s kind of changed and became known as the grunge capital of, you know, the world almost. Uh, was yeah. that one of the reasons you decided to move out? You know, I mean, you know, you're probably a kid <laughs> back then anyway, a teenager during that time, but was that one of the reasons you decided to leave to go to L.A.? Was it more 
you know, was it with other reasons? It was it was other reasons. I mean, I feel like you can you can make your own scene anywhere you want to, you know, if you're willing to put in the time and stuff. I mean, um, definitely being being down in L.A., I think one of the reasons was I just wanted to be around, you know, the the, the best musicians, you know, and, and really I think, you know, kind of the cream of the crop is, is kind of a lot of people in L.A., and, and I wanted to be around that, and I wanted to kind of raise myself up to, to that level, you know. And not not to say that there aren't great people in Seattle, too, but there's just... I think there's just more of them in L.A. Sure. Hey, you know, when you want good pizza, you have to come to Brooklyn, New York. You can get pizza anywhere, but I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. You know, it's, yeah. a better, it's a better pool to draw from of people, you know, doing the same thing as you. But uh, yeah. you, know, you, you bounce between, like, you know, instrumental music, you know, music with vocals on there. I mean, Speed Force was an instrumental album. Is that a hard sell? I mean, in a way, it allows you to really showcase, you know, your talent and what you could do with a guitar. But is it a hard sell on the outside, you know, instrumentals today? It it is a little bit. It's more it's more of a hard sell in terms of a live show, you know, because there's enough people around, you know, when you when you're when the whole world is your audience. Obviously, everybody's so connected now, you know. You can always find people who are into that kind of music, you know, and are willing to listen to it and and buy it, you know. But when you're putting together a tour or you're putting together just just a, a small live show. It's it's hard to get, you know, that many people who are nuts about instrumental shred music in one place at one time. So it's it's a harder sell for the live stuff, um, but there's there's still an audience for it. You know, there's still a market there. I think so. I mean, I I go back to the early days of Stu Ham and, and Joe Satriani when they were putting out those records, and you know, it was very hard to even see them performing live back then because they didn't really get out as often. And it's probably for the same reasons that you're you're saying now, especially when you're first starting out you know, to get to get an audience out there. And it's a shame because it's such great music. And if you appreciate good music, it doesn't have to have vocals. It doesn't have to have anything. It just has to be good. And, I, you know, that's what yeah. I think you offer with your instrumentals. Plus, you know, it's as heavy as all hell, most of it. <laughs> I mean, you really cover every kind of genre of music in your stuff. But, I mean, you know, you got a real hard edge to it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just where my heart is, you know. I mean, I, I like the heavier, faster, harder stuff, you know. And one thing I really like about the instrumental stuff is, in a way, it it gives you a broader audience in a way because you don't have any language barriers to deal with. You know, you can get somebody over in Japan, you know, who doesn't speak any English, you know, or or any other country, you know, who will dig your stuff as much as somebody who lives down the street from you, you know. I know exactly what you're saying. You know, when you write a traditional, you know, song, chorus, verse, solo, chorus, verse, solo with vocals in there, I mean, do you feel kind of confined as compared to when you can just go off on the guitar and let it take you wherever the music goes? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say I feel confined because I, I kind of approach writing instrumentals and writing vocal songs. I kind of approach it differently. So with the with an instrumental song, I'll get a melody in my head first, or just a, like an overall vibe, and then a melody that's going to fit that vibe that I want to get across. With a vocal song, I I literally will start with a lyric, and and not any music at all, and then I'll build it from the lyric or or just even a title sometimes, you know. So I just kind of approach it differently. I mean, in a way, you know, you can take a vocal song and you can put, I mean, if you're doing like a long, you know, nine, ten-minute epic track, you know, you can take a vocal song and have a real nice long instrumental section within that song, you know, yeah. that you can you can go crazy on too. So you can, you know, there's, there's so much different, you know, so many different things you can do. I mean, it's, it's hard to get bored. 
that's true. Do you feel like when it comes to the solo stuff, like anything goes, you're willing to try anything, do anything, you know, mix anything together? Almost. I mean, you know, there's some stuff that I think I, I'm never going to touch, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll probably never put, uh, you know, a tune on one of my albums or something like that. But, I mean, you know, anything that would that would fall in the, in the rock or, or metal genre, you know, I'm, I'm cool with. I mean, I, I love stuff from, you know, I mean, I love some of the, you know, the harder thrash stuff, you know, corner bands like that, you know, all the way to some of the glam, you know, the winger, you know, and that kind of stuff. I mean, I can get yeah. behind any of that stuff, you know, as long as it rocks, you know. Yeah, but, but classical music, in a way, is so close to, you know, to rock and metal. I mean, it has that same intensity and that same drive. I mean, I think they're a great combination when put together the right way. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's you a lot like of... You want to do more of that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't think, you know, I think you can get, you know, enough people have done it now where I think you can get a little bit too, um, I don't know, too narrow or something. Um, like, you you know, you're like, okay, well, you know, you have a harpsichord solo here. And, and, you know, it can become a little bit predictable just because a lot of people have done it, you know, starting from, you know, Ingve and Tony McAlpine and guys like that. Uli John Roth, you know, going going forward to all the different guys who have done that. And I love to listen to that stuff, but I feel like if you make it, like if I did an entire album of that kind of stuff, I, I feel like in a way I might be, I might be limiting myself. Like I want to use certain, certain elements of that, you know, but then combine it with, you know, you know, thrash type progressions and, and that kind of stuff and just kind of draw it draw from different influences and that kind of thing. But no, you're you're totally right about similarities. And then there's so many, you know, you look at guys like Ingve Malmsteen and then you look at the stuff that he brought in from classical music and how many guitarists today are using that stuff, even though they might not realize it's from classical music, you know, because they they copied it from a, a indirect source, you know. Yeah. But it it's it's totally it's totally become you know, become a, a staple of heavy metal. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, you're definitely one of, one of the most skilled guitar players out there. I'll give you credit for that. But, you know, when you ask people who their influences are, they always tell you the same, same ones. Who do you think is one of the guitar players out there that gets no credit for what he does and his stuff is just, you know, just floors you every time you hear it? Well, in the, you know, as, as somebody who lives in the U.S., I think there's a lot of guitar players outside of the United States um, Akira Takasaki from Loudness, of course, oh, yeah. he's Japanese. He, he comes to mind. He's a phenomenal player, and people don't realize how long he's been around. You know, he was doing stuff in the late '70s. You know, and I mean, you, you hear some of his stuff, and people are always like, "Oh, he, whatever." He, you know, he's the Japanese Eddie Van Halen. You know, but he was a contemporary of Eddie Van Halen. You know, he wasn't somebody who came, who came afterwards. That's right. uh, and then there's guys, uh, there's guys over in Europe. I'm a big fan of a guy named Luca Turilli, who's a guitar player from Rhapsody. He's also done some killer solo albums. There's a ton of guys like that. They really are. And I think so many just don't get the credit they deserve. Like Loudness, the band has 175 records out. I mean, he puts out like two records a year with Loudness. They don't stop. They're like a machine. You know, and each one yeah. is better than the next in a way. And people don't, yeah. like I said, they don't give him a lot of credit. And they think of him as somebody who came after Eddie Van Halen. It was kind of like the, the benchmark, I guess, like, you know, in the rock metal realm, you know, if it isn't Richard Blackmore yeah. before him. You know, but I, I agree with you 100% on that. And, you know, but Max, you're out in L.A. I mean, 
L.A. and New York were always, like, two of the biggest, you know, scenes where they, they thrived. How is L.A. today compared to, like, you know, what you heard about in the 80s when the Sunset Strip kind of, you know, ruled the world? Is it still vibrant today? Is it still, like, a really active scene over there? Or do you kind of go through what everybody else does with the pay-to-play and, uh, you know, having to deal with crappy promoters and all that shit? <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, it's very, it's very active, meaning, you know, there's a, there's a ton of bands out here. You know, there's a ton of people who are, you know, hustling and, and trying to get on top, you know. But at the same time, I feel like because of the changes in the music industry in the past five or ten years, it's gotten really, really, the music itself and the drive, the motivation behind the music has gotten really watered down and really formulaic. And, and everybody has this kind of, like, corporate attitude. And I, I can't stand it personally. And, like, you've got two big genres that are in L.A. One of them is indie rock, okay, which is all the dudes with the beards, you know, playing the <laughs> ukulele and this. And then you've got metalcore bands, okay. And my problem with metalcore is there are a lot of really great musicians in that genre. A lot of these guys can really play, especially like the drummers and stuff. But they're all writing the same songs over and over and over again. And I honestly feel like if you took, like, 10-second clips from, like, the breakdown sections or something or, or any section of these songs and you put them back-to-back and you had the bands themselves listen to these things, <laughs> I don't think they could tell the difference between which band it was, you know, or which song. I mean, it, it's, it's, a total, right. you know, it's a total typical thing to say, but it's like it all sounds exactly the same. And, like, you know, you can't understand what the singer is saying, so... You know the lyrics don't don't you know make any difference you know and, and they all have the same vocal delivery and I don't know I mean I go, I go to these shows I like to go to a lot a lot of local shows and I have friends who are in these bands but I'm just like oh man I'm, you know, another one here we go <laughs> you know? yeah it's true There's, it's like a gluttony of them today I have to agree with you on that it's a gluttony of them and the market is so oversaturated with bands that really. You know, I don't want to say that to bad because I know you get a lot of kids that are just starting out and they're learning how to play and they, they want to be in a band. I understand. I get that. I think we've all kind of been there at one point. But there comes a time where you have to, you know, learn how to master your instrument, learn how to control your voice, learn how to, you know, be a musician and play. And I think it's so hard to – if you go on Facebook, I mean, there are 50,000 bands a day that you can come across. You wouldn't know who any of them are, and none of them kind of stand out from the pack. And I think that's – you know, it's a, it's a horrible thing because it's just, like I said, it's oversaturated and a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's oversaturated. And like you said, it's it's so hard for these guys to, to distinguish themselves from the other bands, you know. And, and I honestly think as long as they're, you know, as long as they're stuck in that style, they're, they're never, you know, it's never going to happen. I mean, they even have the same, you know, the same visual style, you know, the same dress and haircut, yeah. all that stuff. And it's just... There's just too many of them. That's the truth, man. Hey, well, listen, besides, you know, your solo stuff, you also hooked up with Anne Boleyn this year, and she's got Hillian going again. Yeah. How'd that come about? Yeah. Well, it it took a while, actually, because I got, um, I originally got contacted by a, a guitar player buddy of mine named Dave Reffitt. He's, uh, like, a columnist for Guitar World, and he's done some uh, killer, you know, killer solo work as well. Yeah. And he contacted me and said, hey, um, Anne Boleyn from Hellion, she's looking for a guitar player who's who's based in L.A. because she's 
thinking of putting together, like, you know, getting Hellion going again and putting get, to get a new lineup, and would you be interested? Because he was familiar with my solo stuff and kind of felt it would be a good fit. And I said, sure. And I'm like, yeah, sure, you know. And he said, okay, great. I'll, I'll send her some stuff. I'll let you know. And then I heard nothing. You know, I heard nothing for months. Wow. And this was like, this was like towards the end of 2012 or something. And uh, oh, Okay. Yeah, so I, I heard nothing. I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, it's, it's another... You know, another thing that, you know, somebody was talking about never happened, you know. So after a long, long time, months and months, I actually got a call from her, from Anne. And she said, you know, yeah, you know, Dave sent me this stuff. Sorry, you know, I had some other things going on, but I checked out your stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's cool. And then she started asking stuff about, you know, am I comfortable writing new material and, and told me what her plan was just for getting, uh, for getting Hellion going again. And, and so I was I was totally on board with it, and about a month after that, you know, I, I started working on some demos, some tunes and stuff, and, and sending things to her and see what if it was something that was going to work for her. And it just kind of went from there, but there was, there was never any formal audition or anything like that. I think just uh, my solo stuff and that kind of thing became became my audition, you know, she was... Yeah. You know, she checked out all the all the work I'd done and I thought it'd be a good fit for her. And I think looking back on it, I mean, it it really is a a good fit, you know. And it's but it's been a killer project. And there's a new EP that's going to come out um, early next year. And uh, I'm really I can't wait for for people to hear it, you know. And it's the production is top notch. We recorded it at Total Access Studios, out in LA, and like a bunch. Of, you know, Appetite for Destruction was recorded there, and like a bunch of talking albums. I mean, this studio goes way, way back. Just really, really, really cool stuff. And the rest of the lineup is great. I think a lot of people looking forward to hearing that because it's been a long time since you know she's really done anything. And you know, Anne's been part of the scene from like the get go, and then when Renaissance Records and everything. But if you oh, when, yeah. when when you kind of hooked up with her to join the band. If you want, like, to like actually be a contributor with the writing, and you know, because a lot of people like they put their bands back together and they like want to be the be all the end all, and they really just hire guns out to play with them. Would it be something that you still want to be a part of if you weren't able to contribute musically, especially since you know, you know, you're really a phenomenal writer and guitarist. You know, even yeah, even if I wasn't, you know, involved in the writing, I would still want to be a part of it because I love the songs. You know, I love the you know going back to you know screams in the night and. Just the other, just the other stuff of that era. I mean, it, it totally falls into that, you know, the, the classic metal stuff that I love so much. So I mean, I would love to play the songs, you know, even if I was just like a hired gun type guy, you know. But you know, fortunately, you know, I'm not, and I've been involved in the writing and and the other things, and it's just been a really cool, really cool project. And I know, I know, originally, um, I think she wanted to get some of the some of the guys who were in the previous lineups involved. Yeah. But for, uh, just for various reasons, I think, you know, it's like some of the guys had kind of gotten out of the music business and that kind of thing. They just weren't able to do it. So it's hard. It's a hard business that he tries to get into, but you know, when you can make it work and it goes in your favor, that's a good thing. And this looks like a great, like you were saying earlier, 2004, there's going to be a big year, especially with that EP coming out. What do we have as far as you go with the solo band? Anything for next year? Or you think it's possible to kind of string a little tour together throughout the U S I know it's easier said than done. I was like, you know, come to New York, come to Michigan, but it's not so simple. We all know that, but do you think it's something that we might be able to get to see in the future? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm working on a lot of stuff. Um, I'm working on some new material for my solo band. Obviously, all the Hellion stuff is going to come out in the you know the early part of the year. There's going to be a lot of touring with Hellion, so my solo stuff I'm going to have to make it fit kind of around that. Uh, but no, I, I'm definitely. I mean, I'm not. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not slowing down at all on my on my solo band. One one thing I get a lot is I get people contact contacting me on on Facebook or something, and, and they they don't tell me to, to go someplace easy, like you know, like hey, come to Texas. You know, like that's realistic, you know. But they're yeah. like, man, come to come to Venezuela, you know, or like, you know, come to you know, you know, come to Brazil, you know. I'm like, oh yeah. man, I would love to, but it's you know, it's a little tougher to put that stuff together. Yeah, I could drive to Texas, but <laughs> a trip to get there. But, you know, there's a big scene. South America is like a massive scene these days. I mean, everywhere down south, they're just living and breathing, you know, heavy metal. I mean, it's like that in Japan. And you have your, yeah, you know, your European yeah. block, but the south, man, they go, they're going crazy for our stuff now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a huge uh, – I mean, you've got, you've got so many big festivals, you know, down there too, you know, Rock and Rio and that kind of stuff. And I mean, just – you can start from Mexico and just work your way down. And, I mean, a lot of bands, you know, they'll they'll tour, you know, half a year or something just in South America. You know, they'll go down, and then they'll turn around and come back up and hit every place again. It's definitely a hot spot. You know, Max, I'm not going to keep you much longer, man. I appreciate you talking to me today. I'm a big instrumental fanatic. That's why I love those songs that you do. Give me your favorite one, and I'm going to play it. My favorite instrumental one? Of yours. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say uh, Axis Accelerator, which is the one with uh, Michelangelo Badio. It does a guest solo on that. That's probably my favorite tune. And that's one I'm going to get on. Hey, Max, where can people find you on the Internet? Because, you know, we're going to be hearing a lot about you, I know, next year. But where can we keep up on what's going on in your world? Yeah, well, it's, it's real easy. Just You can check out my website, which is just maxwell.com. Maxwell is spelled with three X's. That's right. Just, yeah. You got to you got to get that right, otherwise you get the Maxwell House Coffee Company, and that doesn't work at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just Maxwell dot com with three X's, and that'll link you to you know my Facebook and and YouTube and all that stuff. Or you can just Google my name, and you know I'm on everything. You know I've got music videos out, and all my stuff's on iTunes and that kind of thing. So I'm pretty easy to find. Very good. Hey, hey Max, look, the best of luck with everything, man. I can't wait to hear that new hearing your stuff. Hey man, no problem. Thanks a lot. Hey, you take care. Thank you. All right, there you go. Another show in the can. I want to thank everybody for listening today. I want to thank my guest, Maxwell Carlisle, Aleda Leone. We're going to wrap things up here. Don't forget to tune in this Thursday. We kick off the holiday season with the Merry Metal Christmas Extravaganza. I'm looking forward to that show. But I want to wish my wife a very happy birthday. Without her, I want to be able to do this show. Actually, she loves me doing the show because it keeps me out of her hair for two hours every week. But <laughs> I want to wish my baby a very happy birthday. We're celebrating it right now. So I'll send this next song out to my wife, Black Sabbath. It's all right.
best heavy metal anywhere. BlogTalkRadio.com and Heavy Metal Mayhem. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.